and welcome to NFL Only Better. It's the Christmas special. Yes, highly likely you're, oh, you're listening. Oh. <laughs> uh, Mike's in a very cheery mood. This is the second attempt at the pod, to be truly honest, uh, because uh, he ruined my intro at the start. Uh, but hello, Mike. <laughs> you didn't say a word. All yeah, I but you was... know you did. <laughs> He's just got that jolly, you know, that jolly complexion yeah. this morning. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm feeling okay. Uh, yeah, you know, Christmas always, turkeys Christmas always brightens, brightens me up. Yeah, and there's been a lot of Christmas turkeys this week. Yeah, well, we will get into that. Jump off. Uh, hello, welcome. Happy Christmas. And Harry. same to you, Kieran. Same to you. I what didn't a wonderful say time me. of the year it is. You wouldn't know by looking out the window at the moment, but it's a lovely time of year. It is, yeah. Uh, so uh, let's get it straight off, everyone. Uh, we're recording on Wednesday morning. It's currently 9.41 in the morning on the 22nd of December. So we're going to preview, obviously, the games on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, um, and then into Sunday. But, um, well, it's, it's very dark for some reason, which is very, very scary right now. Uh, and there are COVID issues, and that's straight away what we'll get into We'll talk about the Ravens going for two in, in a quick moment. But, Mike, um, the games, we, we kind of knew there might be something happening uh, when we recorded last week. It came to pass that many of the games were moved, postponed. Some of the games that we spoke about, uh, slightly some of the things we said became obsolete. So apologies for those that listened. Um, this might continue for the next two weeks. It might calm down a little bit, of course, with the new rules, which are a bit of a head scratcher. But it, it looks like it, it might actually get back to some sort of normality. Yeah, I think that's actually that is what's going to happen. Um, and and last week, uh, I mean, we'll go into the picks last week, but I tried to avoid games that you know were were pretty much in. You couldn't figure out who who was going to play and 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 who wasn't going to play. And and the movement of the games will have some effect, I think, on this week's this week's picks uh, with with two teams playing on on Tuesday night, which gives them automatic short weeks. But um, I managed to scratch out uh, straight up an eleven and five week, which Ooh, I thought was very strong. in the end was pretty good, you know. And and it was I got all four of these of the Monday and Tuesday games. And right. sorry, where, where did you do that? Is it a column for somewhere, or should we? Well, I actually don't do it on in the column that I write. Um, I just I just keep the track the track of it. Oh, okay. Um, but there is a convenient. column somewhere. Is there somewhere yeah. like whereabouts could we read that? Is it on the internet or should I the inter- international well, database? Well, if you go somewhere? to patreon.com and you go Mike Carlson FMTE, you get my weekly column. But there won't be there won't be full picks there. You will, however, get a rundown of every game on the Betfair uh column. <laughs> oh, which, there we go. Which there comes we out, go. Comes out that's on, the one we want. That's right. It comes out on Fridays normally. It might be out on Thursday, um, or it may still go up on Friday this week, um, because of Christmas. I don't actually pick every game, but if you read it carefully, you'll see which way I'm going in most of them. Um, and I do 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 three picks for the week, which this week were tough. Um only one of the three came in. I got I got racked on on going over um with um Tennessee and Pittsburgh because they um no sorry um with Carolina and Buffalo because it, it was over 44 5 and they scored 45. I was kind of angry about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um uh, John, uh welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much, Kieran. You look great. Just want to give you a little bit of a <laughs> do I, does anyone look good at 9 44 yeah. in the morning? That's the question. Did you know that Mike did a column for Betfair? Has he ever mentioned it? I can't. You know, in the back of my head, he might have said something about it. Over sixty shows in, it's never been mentioned. Unusual. I mentioned it. So unusual. I got. I I think I deserve a little medal for not mentioning my Patreon column. Oh, you mentioned the Patreon column. Don't worry about it. You mentioned that bad boy too. 
Um, John, obviously, the Cleveland Browns were one of those teams affected by COVID. They, in fairness to them, they put up quite a good fight, let's be honest, against Raiders just coming up a little bit short and it leaves their playoff implications. Um, dead in the water, essentially. <laughs> well, I, I didn't want to say it. Yeah, and they well, I mean, game. No, to, be, to, be, to be honest, though, like it's oh, when I say dead in the water, that they, they don't look like a team, you know, capable of playing at the moment with, who would get into the playoffs. But because that AFC North division is so up in the air still, they're still... It's not outside the realms of possibility to win that division and get into the playoffs that way. I think it's very unlikely, but it's not impossible. True story. On Monday night, I came back. I turned on, uh, I checked on my phone the score of the uh, game, and Cleveland were leading the Raiders 14 um, 13 with two minutes to go, and they had the ball um, third down and something. I think it must have been the two minute warning. Uh, I looked at my my phone I, and I thought, should I go try to watch the game? And I said, nah, 16-14 Raiders <laughs> and went to bed. I woke up, it was 16-14 Raiders. Uh, Mr. Carlson did his business, you know? You, you I took great glee in writing that into our WhatsApp group, Mike, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, that. he did. Yeah, yeah, he's very happy about that. Um, we, we'll talk about unders. We got a question on Twitter. We'll talk about very quickly. I want to just update uh, last week's best bets because uh, once again, um, I'm just killing it these days. One, two, three, four, five, six of the last seven of mine have won. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, uh, wow, what a guy I am. Uh, LA Rams was my pick minus four against Seattle Seahawks. I had to wait long enough, let me tell you, uh, but it did it did click last night. Uh, John, you went for the Patriots. Unfortunately, that was a loser. Uh, Mike, yours was a winner. Uh, I'm trying to think what it was, though. Kansas City. Kansas KC. City minus three. Yeah. And right. I really I really don't take much credit for that because I actually think that the Chargers should have won that game. Um, and uh, when we talk about John Harbaugh, I'll just mention this or I'll mention it now. Um, well, let's do they it. Passed, yes, yes, they passed. Go. They passed on three field goals in that game. Um, going for going for touchdowns and didn't get any of them. And, you know, I, I, I don't mind gambling, um, if you want to call it that, by coaches. But early in the game, the old kind of adage about putting the points in, don't leave points on the field, you know, really applies in this case. And I might have it might have been a different game had had the uh, the Chargers had those nine points. OK, yeah. So obviously the big story coming out of the NFL is once again, uh, the Ravens going for us. Um, uh, getting a touchdown, 43 seconds left on the clock, kick a field goal or kick the extra point. You give Aaron Rodgers 43 seconds, think he had one time out. He could have gone up and won the game, could have gone to overtime. They went for two, trying to, I suppose, put some real pressure on Rodgers. Uh, once again, for the second time in three or four weeks, it did not come off. And while we praised them last time, and I think it was the right call last time, I think there's a little bit more debate this time about whether you should have just let Justin Tucker take the, take the extra point and bring it in. Analytics-wise, I've looked into this a little bit, uh, analytics would never tell you to do this because a lot of them blame this for analytics. But technically, if you're, four, if you're two touchdowns down, you should go for the two-point conversion on the first touchdown is what analytics say. You should not go for it um, when you just need to kick an extra point and probably bring it to OT. So it's wrong on the analytics. Um, it obviously was wrong because it didn't come off. I mean, that's just the way. <laughs> that, that's but, outcome bias. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is, yeah. But, uh, John, I would also say we, we, we were chatting about it on Sunday. Well, it didn't seem like the play was, like, the ultimate play. It was kind of a bad play call because it was obvious who they were going to go for. Well, yeah, Andrews is the target in those situations <laughs> 99% of the time, isn't he? And, uh, you know, it's the backup quarterback as well, so it's not the... It's not the, the the unit you'd want out there in such a clutch situation like this. But, you know, it, 
Mike is correct. There is kind of outcome bias on this because it's failed now. Is, is it two weeks in a row or two weeks and three that it's two, failed? Three, two weeks, three. twice in three yeah. weeks. Yeah, twice so I mean, outcome bias is, is a real thing here. But, you know, a lot of people talk about it being a brave decision by Harbaugh. And it certainly is a brave decision, but there's sometimes the line is blurred between, you know, bravery and foolhardiness sometimes. And like I said it when we talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, is that what's the point in having, you know, you know, this, this is an extra point. I'm, I'm kind of more referring to the field goal last time, but what's the point in having, you know, arguably the best kicker in the league or a top three kicker in the league if you're not going to use him in situations like this? You're talking about trusting the offense to get a point in. Why can't you also trust the defense to hold out in overtime and, and, and win a game that way? So, you know, th th these, these decisions have been very costly. You know, they're out of playoff contention as we speak. They're out of the playoffs. So if the season ended today, their their season is done. So I mean, I still think that they can fight back and, and get in there. But you know, this again, we we talk about bravery and we talk about you know it's great to see it going for the win and it's certainly very dramatic on television and things like this. But when it doesn't work, you know, the pressure has to be rightfully put on to the coach for these decisions. And Kieran, I know you were talking about. You sent along a clip to to a few of us about the uh, about Harbaugh kind of discussing the move with a bunch of, with his players and saying like, "How do you feel? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do this?" And as another friend of ours actually said, the players are always going to say yes. Like, there's no question the players will say, "Yeah, let's go for the points." No one's going to say like, "Actually, no, let's sit back and take the extra point here and go into overtime." That's just the nature of, of football players. So, like, I mean. I don't know. I think the the spotlight should be on Harbaugh a little bit because this is two losses that he very much authored. I think you know. Yeah, and and I I, I take it even from an I, from an analytics point of view. What I said about Brandon Staley and the Chargers, Harbaugh passed on a field goal early in the game, which again you know it, you can't say it would have it would have given them the win because you don't know how the balance of the game flows from there. But that's three points that he left he left uh, on the field that he could have had and, and he has Justin Tucker as his kicker. So, you know, it's an automatic, almost an automatic three. I didn't like particularly the call because they were having a lot of success against, against the Packers when Huntley stayed in the pocket because the Packers for some reason were not, were not containing him. They had the edge rushers were heading inside and giving him the, and Troy Aikman was very good at, at, at picking that out and, and showing what it was doing. The other thing they weren't doing, which Aikman also was, was good on, I, I, I find myself praising Troy Aikman, and that's very unusual, but um, they, were, they were not holding up. They were giving Andrews a free release on every play, which you really can't do with, with a tight end like, yeah. like that. You know? and, and that edge rusher can bang him and then hold the edge rather than cut inside for the, for, you know, the same guy can do both, both functions. Um, but a, a, a good passer, Andrews was still open ish. A good passer could have got the ball to him. He had the defender behind him, but because the, it was a rollout and the play was going one way. And again, Aikman pointed this out, the safety in the middle of the field immediately ran, to that side of the field. And Andrews was the obvious target, the only target really. Yeah. Um, so that, so I didn't like the play call. Um, I didn't like Harbaugh leaving the, the field goal on, but in a sense, and I didn't like the fact that these, the gut guys, as opposed to the analytic guys, and, and, and really football has got to be a mix of the two ideas, but the gut guys go with momentum. And from the point that the Ravens turned the ball over and, and then held Green Bay to a field goal. The momentum was all in their favor. They had they had two good drives, and they, and they stopped Green Bay three and out um, when when they had to. So this I think was completely down to the idea that forty three seconds in a timeout was was too much time. 
um, and Aaron Rodgers could get them down into field goal position for Mason Crosby. I, I think that was the primary thing going through Harbaugh's mind. Yeah. Uh, but can I also just play devil's advocate very quickly with, with the term that you both used, which was outcome bias, I believe. Both of you kind of poo-pooed it. But the very basis of the game and all sport is you make it this call, and if it's wrong, you lose. So uh, it, it's wrong because you lost the game it is, is, a, is a strong enough argument. Uh, it's not outcome bias because like they're out of the playoffs because well, of this. But if, every, if the play had worked, if the play had worked, then he's made the right decision, you know. But it, that's that's not outcome bias. That is, it sport. is outcome bias. It's <laughs> not. It's sport. That's what you do. You make a decision in yeah, every well, sport. I, as if I you... said two, as I said three weeks ago, I like the idea of a coach playing to win rather than playing not to lose. That's when true. you go when you go into overtime. There's no guarantee that you'll win the toss, and there's no guarantee that Aaron Rodgers won't take the team down for a touchdown, and you don't even get the ball back in overtime. So, you know, I, 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 I'm, okay. I, I wouldn't have any problem with him kicking the extra point in that situation at all. Nor would I. And, and John, so, John, I'm just going to put you to We're obviously both football fans, et cetera. So you, you support Chelsea, right? So Chelsea, it's one all against Arsenal, right? Chelsea get a penalty. Mason Mount steps up or whoever takes a penalty for Chelsea. He misses it, right? He misses it, and it's a really bad penalty. He he skies it well wide. You're going to criticize that player. You're going to say that's a bad penalty. Maybe he shouldn't. That is not outcome bias. That is you don't have a choice on a penalty. What's the coach going to decline the penalty? (laughs) Take field position? (laughs) Someone else could have took the penalty. What I mean is it's not outcome bias to say this was wrong. Even even technically if it worked, you could say that was too risky. The book says says kick the extra point and go to overtime, right? Yes. But who writes the book? The book is written by coaches (laughs) and and if you go to over, if you make the decision to go to overtime and you lose, everybody says bad luck. Um, You know, you made the right decision, but bad, bad, bad luck. And if you don't, if you go for it and lose, everybody says stupid decision, bad coach. So that's why coaches normally just take, take it and go. Yeah, for okay. what it's worth, um, Matt Lafleur said afterwards he would have made the made the same call. But I don't know if that's true. Uh, no, we <laughs> wouldn't. We have a, no, we wouldn't. We he would have done he? it. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally have done it too, guys." Uh, <laughs> I would have let Aaron Rodgers kick the extra point. Well, I mean, Rodgers probably would have done it because he's like juiced up on horse tranquilizers. Um, UK Rays fan on Twitter contacted us uh, last thing before we look at all the live games. I know listeners, you want the live games. We just got to get through a couple of things. For people People asked us, COVID absence is severely affecting the quality of games right now. Yes, they are. Are unders the smart bet, guys? Yes or no, smart unders. So I mentioned it before that I asked some of the traders and they told me 70% of bets are on the over. So mm. statistically, unders is always the smart bet <laughs> because yeah. the line is well, skewed towards what more people will bet. The on. lines are dropping, as, as we've noticed. I think we said it two weeks yes, ago. Yes, absolutely, you know, yeah. That the lines are dropping. And that makes the over more attractive. Um, but it's December football. So in a lot of places, conditions are a factor. Plus exactly. you've got now the, the COVID, the COVID factor driving things crazy. Um, and I, I had dubbed myself the undertaker, right? Like three weeks, four weeks ago. And last week I went with all overs, <laughs> but only one of them came in. So, yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe we should be thinking to stay on the under. There are a couple of teams that stick out that are scoring a lot. Dallas, Green Bay, Cardinals. Uh, they're scoring, you know, quite a lot of points. But after that, 
you know, most teams are starting to struggle uh, offensively, and and I think it, it's leaked in as well. Being one, look at that last weekend. Yeah, 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 50, 55 points in Miami against the Jets. Yeah, but barely anyone noticed that. <laughs> Although we should say we we praise Miami, and they are kind of they are in the playoff race. They are a team we've mentioned before. We probably will mention them again. But it's live games times, gentlemen, and we have a lot to get through. So let's 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 keep it short. Let's keep it concise. Mike, put the book down. San Francisco 49ers at Tennessee Titans starts us <laughs> Coaches off. wrote the book. <laughs> it is a uh, 120 on Christmas Eve. So you can watch it with Santa. Uh, you know, he, maybe he pops in, watches a player or two. He's going to be busy here. What are you talking about? <laughs> I really shouldn't. Uh, yeah, I, I shouldn't interrupt his flow. Four to seven, the San Francisco 49ers. The Tennessee Titans are 29 to 20, 3.5 is a handicap and total points 44.5. Uh, San Francisco 49ers come into it in good form. The Tennessee Titans had a chance to go to the top of the AFC somehow, despite their spluttering. Um, and they were, of course, my dark horses for the Super Bowl. And I've kind of thrown that away. But then when I heard they could go top seed, I was like, oh, maybe they will. And they absolutely threw the game away against the Steelers. I've never seen anything like some of the things that they did. Uh, John Balf, <laughs> they've no Brown. They've no Julio. They've no Derek Henry. Like yeah. they're getting it done every now and again, but they really need to get some of these guys back playing. Well, this is a team that's failed to exceed 20 points in any of their past four games. So obviously the, those, those injuries are translating to the scoreboard, um, which obviously, you know, will, will, you know, it's something to consider when you're looking about betting on this team as well. Uh, with San Francisco, it almost seems like these two teams are kind of the inverse of each other because the 49ers have been, you know, they've had a terrible run with injuries even dating back to last season and it just sort of continued this year but they're slowly but surely getting pieces back on the field uh meanwhile the titans are just dropping like flies at the moment so from san francisco's point of view you know debo samuel's playing really well george kittle came back fantastically he played he had a great game last weekend um so as for this game goes, I think, uh, Kieran, I think your dark horse pick of the Titans are going to take a bit of a, another blow. I think you might have to you might have to put that one away this weekend because I think San Francisco are going to win the game. And I like them uh, with the three and a half handicap. I think that's a very good bet. Yeah, we'll head to you, Mike. Yeah, I mean, so to be honest, the Titans, like I tipped them up at the in the uh, previous show we did at start. I tipped them up the kind of mid-season review as a team at like tens. I think they were. They lost two games, went out to 20 to one. So I just assumed that they were terrible again. But it's just the nature of the season that, you know, a couple of losses can knock you back. A couple of victories can get yeah, you now back up there. They get in the playoffs regardless. I mean, they Yeah, they beat, and they might they have beat, Derek Henry back. Yeah, they beat the Colts both times they played them. So even if they wind up level with the Colts in the end, they they get in, they win the division and, and they get in the playoffs. Um, I, I kind of agree with John. I, I think San Francisco are, are getting into form. And, and as long as they can protect Garoppolo, if Garoppolo gets a little bit of time, he can pick defenses apart. The only thing that worries me here is that you said Kittle and Debo and beyond Kittle and Debo, they haven't had very much. You know, if Elijah Mitchell is healthy and can run, that balances them out. Jeff Wilson played well, but he plays well, but he's not, you know, he's, he's never really much of a threat to, to break away. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, I, I go to San Francisco as well. The three and a half, probably they can take that, but Tennessee, Tennessee, like Pittsburgh, I mean, the two of them playing was great because each of the, each is a team that tries to drag the other team down to its level. <laughs> and, and so basically you were down to the bottom level in that one. And the referees followed suit. They had the worst play of the week or second worst play of the week where they missed the spot 
on a on a crucial on a crucial um, third down. They missed the spot, and then when they measured it, they missed the measurement because the ball was clearly level with the with the front. So they got the yeah. right decision. They got the right decision. That was in the a fourth end, down, the Mike. wrong reasons. Fourth down, yeah, yeah. It was fourth down. Um, yeah. Both times they were wrong, and that turned two wrongs did make a right. Yeah, uh, both sets of teams were on the field arguing with them as well. They were like, "Get away!" Yeah. Um, when when Ben Roethlisberger quarterback sneaks, it looks like Frankenstein's monster getting off the table. You know, <laughs> like very creaky and walks up to the thing. <laughs> well, we may not be seeing it very much longer, but both of you like San Francisco um, at the Titans. To Christmas Day, that is right. Once again, after last season's uh, Saints-Vikings, I believe, was the Christmas Day game last year. I think so, um, yeah. uh, Very well watched um, over in the States and in the UK and Ireland and in Europe. So, hey, let's do it again, guys. And it's Saturday, so uh, Cleveland Browns take on the Green Bay Packers. It's at half nine as well. So, like, you've got this or you've got one of those old Bond movies or some crap like that. So <laughs> go into the other room, just tell everyone, I'm going to watch the NFL. Cleveland Browns. At the Green Bay Packers, 27 to 10, the Cleveland Browns. Green Bay Packers are 2 to 7. Seven points. Uh, his favorites are the Packers, and it's over 45 points. No need to tell you guys. Uh, Green Bay are top of the uh, against the spread charts. They are 11 and 3, coming off uh, another victory uh, on the road. Rodgers has got them moving. Uh, Cleveland, John, I'll go to you. Cleveland, John, I didn't even mean it, but you know what I mean. Cleveland, John. Uh, <laughs> Cleveland, like a mic line. Yeah. Um, Look, they've got they've, they've got COVID issues, but those COVID issues should should be should be gone by. Uh, I mean, I just reading last night. I think Mayfield will be coming back, and I think uh, Stefanski, the coach, will be back oh, on the sideline as well. The line goes up to nine now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, then, look, it's a team. It's it's hard to say. Like, how many players did they miss? Uh, it was like one third of the starting team were gone last week against the Raiders or whatever it was. So uh, yeah, it's it's hard to properly figure out this Browns team until you know who's going to play but either way I think even if the Browns were you know 80 85 percent healthy this is a, a game where they'd they'd ship a lot of points probably to the Packers it's two teams with very very different sort of momentums I suppose at this part of the season I still think the Packers are you know a, a good shout not to, to win the to win the conference certainly and maybe even to win the Super Bowl they were my pick back, way back in the season preview and I think that's still very much alive at this point of the season um yeah, there's no there's no other way to look at this than a pretty conclusive Packers win. It's in Lambeau. It's going to be some dodgy. Well, I mean, the, the weather can kind of. Oh, here he is. The weather can the weather can play havoc on both teams. Twenty three minutes in. But I think yeah, this will be one of those. This could be one of those games where the weather isn't so much of a factor because both of these teams should, in theory, in theory, in quotes, be used to playing in in bad weather and in, in kind of harsh conditions. Um, but I suppose for my pick. You know, the thing about the, this Cleveland Browns team is they're really struggling to put points on the board. Their offense is just not clicking in the slightest, no matter who's playing quarterback. Um, but the thing is, the defense is playing very well. They're one of the best defensive units in the league for the last, I don't know, month and a half or so. So I think until proven otherwise, and I was, I suppose, proven otherwise, I, I picked the under in the Ravens game and the, the Ravens kind of late scores uh, actually made it hit the over. But the over-under in this one is 45. And I think that'll leave enough space for... Green Bay to kind of win, you know, by seven or 10 points or so, and, and the Browns to kind of trail a little bit behind, but still hit the under 45. Are you telling no, well, people? I mean, you, yeah, John, Green Bay, Mike, come on. Green Bay but, and the Ravens didn't, didn't just squeak over the, the yeah, over under. It was 18 points. <laughs> I was talking about the, uh, you know, the, the Ravens and Browns game. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Mike. 
Um, yeah, well, I mean, I, the way I look at this is that the Browns are an easier team to defend than the Ravens, um, in, in, even with Tyler Huntley at quarterback. And, and Nick Mullins is playing for that $30 million a year contract. Uh, oh, sorry, that's Baker Mayfield, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make a difference. He laughed, guys, but inside it, he's crying. It doesn't make a damn bit of difference. Well, um, there's no so, A healthy Mayfield is significantly better than... Yeah, even I would agree with that. Like, then Nick Mullins? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he got 147 yards in, in the air last weekend. Like, he's not, he's, he's great. He's yeah, actually, it looked like the American stringer. You know, it looked like the Alliance of American Football this week because you had Garrett Gilbert and Nick Mullins starting at quarterback and Huntley and Taysom Hill and Mike Glennon and Davis Mills, you know. Um, although, full credit to Davis Mills, he hung, he hangs in there. I think, you know, he could be a, a reasonable quarterback. Uh, I think Green Bay in seven is probably a good bet here. And mm. knowing Rodgers, the over is, I think, still in play. A third, you know, a kind of like 28, um, 28 10 game was would put them under, but, but a 28 17 game puts them over, uh, put, well, it's a push. So. Yeah, so maybe you're, I think I think is, uh, I think the, yeah I think the under may well be better. I just talked myself out of it, but but Green Bay in seven I think is is the way to go. Yeah, I mean, come on, we don't want people sitting down on Christmas Day and 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 watching punts. God, anyway, I think, I think when the schedulers were picking the Christmas Day game, this game looked a lot better back in sure. August or July than it does sure. now. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, the late game, if you are staying up late, if the Baileys has, you know, just got you riled and jazzed, it's one fifteen in the morning and suddenly you're watching the Colts at Arizona Cardinals. We're here to help you out. 19 to 20 in the Indianapolis Colts. The Arizona Cardinals are 17 to 20. Uh, 1.5 is the spread for, we now expect this one to be high scoring because it's 49.5. Uh, is there a slight bit, Mike, I'll go to you first. Is there a slight bit of recency bias in this spread? Because, um, you know, I would say the Cardinals are a lot better than the Colts, but the betting does not suggest they are. The Colts the Colts are actually, uh, I, 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 my, my take on last week's games, one of them was that the Colts were not as good as the score suggests against New England which is not a criticism of them because what they did was play new England style situational football. They went up early um, when, when new England didn't complete the pass to Jacoby Myers and then had the punt blocked for a touchdown, they were up 20 to nothing. And they just sat on that lead and, you know, and held off new England. They're very good defensively. They're quick, um, which helps against Arizona. Uh, They can run the ball and more, more significant for Jonathan Taylor than, than the huge numbers he put up, which was at the end was the 167 yard touchdown, a very Derrick Henry kind of performance where you, you simply pound them, pound them, pound them, and then you get this late breakaway touchdown. But they were able to basically control the ball, hold New England's number of possessions down which meant that when you looked at the end of the game and the time of possession was relatively equal, that worked against New England because they couldn't afford long drives when you're down 20 to 20 to nothing in the second half. Um, so I, I think it flattered the Colts a little, but the Colts are, are a really good team in, in a lot of ways. The problem is Carson Wentz. And the problem with Arizona the last two weeks when they've been beaten twice, um, including by Detroit, is – Kyler Murray isn't really running. He seems to be, you know, at at 80%, say. And Mm. if you keep Kyler Murray in the pocket, he's a less effective quarterback, like a lot of 
smaller quarterbacks are uh, in, you know, it, it, there are exceptions, but it's, it's as a general rule, a little bit true. It applies to Baker Mayfield as well. Keep him in the pocket. He doesn't see the whole field as well. Um, it, it gets muddy. So uh, I, I think Arizona cover a point, point and a half at yeah. home. And when, when they have to, I think that's probably a pretty good bet, but, but I wouldn't write out India, Indianapolis on this one. And if they do win it, it would go, I think it'd go under 49. Okay. Johnny B what you see. <laughs> well, I'm going to, I guess I'll get to the, I'll cut to the chase. I'm, I'm going to be the opposite of Mike. I like Indianapolis Ooh, with the points fight, in this fight, particular fight. one. Um, yeah, it's, but at the same time, I can, I can really, this is a sort of what they call a sort of a gut check game, I suppose, for Arizona. They've lost two straight, including, you know, no one likes to lose to teams who have a record like Detroit, you know, so coming off the back of that, you need to, you really need to kind of like put the flag in the ground again and, and refocus and get this, this playoff push go, oh, they're in the playoffs. That's not going to be, uh, that's not in doubt, but you know, they're 10 and four now that 10 and two looked a lot better a couple of weeks ago, didn't it? So, but when it comes to this game, you know, it's, We've talked about him on, on several episodes of this of this show, and Mike just mentioned him there. Taylor, Jonathan Taylor is just, you know, in, in my eyes, at least, he's the best offensive uh, player, or he's the best offensive kind of skill position player in the league this season, the most informed, the player who can sort of, he can change the a game almost entirely to himself. And of course, it helps that he's got, you know, Nelson there blocking for him and stuff. So I think, uh, yeah, the Colts are five and one in the last six. They're a team making a sort of a late push to be the dark horse. They're, they could be your Tennessee here. And if you're looking to switch, I think this, this Colts team could be a dark horse uh, going in. And just very briefly, I, I guess we were going to, I think the Colts are a good, good candidate. I mentioned, you know, to talk about them being a dark horse, a friend of ours, Kieran, made a point about how the potential COVID havoc that might be coming out the, through the course of the season, you might just have to get into the playoffs and then just see how the chips fall to make a run towards the Super Bowl, depending on what happens to your opponents. So, you know, I think the Colts are a good shape for that. Even a team like the Cowboys, you never, you never really know how this season's going to go. It's not necessarily going to be that year where, you know, the favorite wins or the second favorite wins or something like that. They may well, that's how odds work, I suppose. But listen, don't write off this Colts team. I think they're good enough to, um, to beat the Cardinals this weekend. Uh, I certainly like them with the points. I think they're actually good enough to go fairly deep into the postseason. Even if they lose to the Cardinals, I still think they finish with 10 wins and they probably do get into the, mm. they've got you, two easy games coming up. You would assume that if Omicron continues to be an issue, though, that if they teams were to get into the playoffs, they would put almost lockdown facilities in place because you're talking about not a long period of time, really, like in terms of if you're in the playoffs, you know, the playoffs don't last that long. Kind yeah. of thing. You lose one Sunday, you're out kind of thing. Yeah, but so you would assume they would put really strict procedures not that players will follow it it can still happen of course exactly um, that's what i was going to say it only takes kind of one blind spot to be opened up and then you've got a whole just I don't, who knows about this virus yeah. it's, it's a strange one but it could be just it might just need one opportunity to sort of take the whole roster out you know yeah absolutely uh let's move on uh from the christmas games um well not really because we're, we're only on the 26th of december um and really saint, the saint stephen's day yeah. saint stephen's day yes yes that's what we call it here in ireland uh boxing day in the uk boxing day in canada i believe use canada i believe canada uses boxing day as well and it's take your presents back to the store for what you really wanted day in america oh <laughs> Thanks for that, Mike. Uh, but the game of the weekend is probably the Buffalo Bills at the New England Patriots. Not really, probably it is. Uh, 23 to 20, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, New England Patriots are 7 to 10. 2.5 is the spread. 43.5 is the over-under. Hey, the Patriots played a good team and lost, Mike. So, uh, Well, I, I, I pointed that out, I think, last, last week. Um, 
you know, and, and they're playing a good team this week. And if they, if they lose, they're right back into the morass of, of the wild card um, situation. If they win, they, they win, they probably win the division. Although remember in week 18, the Patriots play in Miami and the last week of the season in Miami has been kryptonite for Bill Belichick, um, you know, throughout, throughout his, uh, and throughout Miami, his Miami may have something riding on that. Well, you Miami, know the yeah, they are on. exactly. And, you know, right now they're, they're on a six game win streak. Um, um, and uh, what, what are they? they're they're at New Orleans, which will be a really fascinating game, which we'll talk about in, in a minute. Uh, this will not be a replay of the game in Buffalo um, because conditions won't be the same. New England's going to throw more than three passes. Um, they know Buffalo pretty well. I do think it'll be a low-scoring game um, because that's the way that's the way the evenly matched games between these teams have been in the Josh Allen era. Um, the key thing to me is how healthy Josh Allen is two weeks ago. He ran the ball 17 times uh, last week. They didn't, they didn't do that. He managed, he did scramble for a few big gains, but they didn't run any um, designed runs for him and Singletary picked up the slack. And to me, that's, that's really the, the key to the game. Um, is whether is whether Buffalo can run the ball again against New England without bringing Josh Allen into the game, and whether New England can keep Josh Allen in the pocket and force them to pass. I think you saw. Uh, I, I I get the feeling that New England made so many mistakes against the Colts, stupid mistakes, um, bad penalties, uh, missed missed assignments that that it won't repeat again at home this week. So this becomes, I think, a really, a really competitive game. And Buffalo's getting a point and a half in New England. Two, I think two and a half. Two and a half. It's gone up to two and a half. Yeah, yeah, baby. Okay. Well that means that means a lot of money must have been coming in on on New England. And I think I'd stick with that even at two and a half. Stays under three, I'd stick with New England. Yeah, we like it. We like a spread under a field goal, John. Uh, very quickly to you, uh, just really, who do you fancy? I guess. Yeah, I'm going to be the same as Mike. I like uh, the Patriots with two and a half. I think that's that's quite a, quite attractive there. I'm also just uh, I'm just looking forward to this game as a, as a neutral, really, because we didn't get it. We didn't almost. It's like the first game, whatever that was, three weeks ago. I guess it's like the first one just didn't happen. It was like a non-event. It was just completely ruined by. Um, Wind, weather, you're, 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 the weather. Tonight, I didn't, you didn't even want to say yeah. it. But. Your, your biggest enemy in life. But at this, is, uh, you know, I think it is, this will be a, a very interesting game. I am, like, I'm, I'm, I've been quite high, despite last weekend, I've been quite high on the Patriots lately. This is a, a, like Mike said, it's a good, very good check of their credentials, even though they'll be confident, you know, being at home and things like that. And, um, you know, Buffalo at the same time, they're kind of in a little bit of danger of their season, really kind of falling off the rails. Uh, the record isn't what they hoped it would be at, at this point of the season after their kind of red hot start. And uh, they do have issues in the defensive line, the defensive line. They've got some excellent players, but they've also got some glaring holes, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, so I'm just going to stay with the Patriots with two and a half. So you've basically, Kieran, you're working with the Undertaker and the Weatherman. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's it. <yeah. laughs> um, the 926 game, Pittsburgh Steelers are heading to KC. Uh, ben Roethlisberger uh, taking on Patrick Mahomes. Old versus young, you could say, much like this podcast with Mike and myself. 27 to 10, the Pittsburgh Steelers. KC are 2 to 7. It's you don't a seven rem- you're nothing at all like Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to clarify, I Nicely am done. As well. Nicely done, Mike. Uh, 44 is the current over under for that one nine to ten uh, as we've mentioned kc are getting it done they're not really like john they're not like they're, they're not blowing the top the barn door off they're not 
Yeah. They're not like, oh my God, this what a, did you see Kansas? Did you see Mahomes? That throw? Did you see him come off it? Like they're getting it done kind of thing. And I suppose the Steelers are, are, are kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team. They do seem to be sort of floating towards probably not making the playoffs now at this stage, even though they oh, won I'd again say, at the yeah, weekend. Done. Uh, but, and they have uh, obviously an aging quarterback that sounds like he's on his way out the door. It's all set up actually for them to win now. I've convinced it myself that Steelers are going to shock them with that. Have we just have you just jinxed Kansas City with that intro, Karen? Are you yeah, probably. I mean, we were jinxing them all at the start. We, uh, we <laughs> yeah. the first three episodes of this season, we were like Casey on the spread and the over guys better than we. That's that's kind of you're kind of hitting a good point there, I think, here. And it's like people like us and the odds makers have been sort of a step behind um, Kansas City for most of the season. At the beginning, like you say, we were backing them. We just expected them to be a continuation of last year, where I guess the strategy was like we'll concede some points but we're going to score more that was that was the idea like hey we got Patrick Mahomes you guys don't and um, that didn't seem to be the case for the first I guess the first half of the season and then you know slowly but surely they steady the ship but it still hasn't translated into this free free scoring offense I should say Um, but the biggest difference with Kansas City this year is the defense in my opinion that's where they've really consolidated and they've actually been able to manage games and uh, not kind of rely on a bit of Mahomes magic, which is, you know, that's kind of the more professional, the more mature approach to these games, I suppose. Not that uh, Andy Reid needs to be considered mature or even more mature than he is, but so uh, yeah, this is a, I, I'm, I'm going to differ from you here. And I don't think that, I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to go into Kansas city and, uh, and, and get a win. I think the, uh, the 44 over under is quite an interesting one. That's, I guess that's sort of the average these days. Uh, given how that these things seem to be dropping a little bit, the over/under seems to be dropping, just generally speaking. Um, but you know, it, it's I do think that Kansas City can can put up a bit a decent score here, and whether or not uh, Ben and, and the Steelers can keep pace with them remains to be seen. So forty-four, I'm not terribly confident in that, but I like uh, I think Kansas City Chiefs can win by certainly by seven, by more than a touchdown. I think they're going to win this by about ten or so. So I'd go with the, the points on this one. Double-figure victory, Mike, what do you think? This is a mash unit kind of game. Um, What you need to check is when they played uh, the Chargers, um, Chris Jones and Willie Gay were both out with COVID. So I'm expecting they'll be back. Chris Jones is the key to this team. Um, When he's playing in a defensive tackle, they become a really good defense um, and very hard to break. Gay is a good, good run-stopping inside linebacker too. So that that hurt them against the Chargers. They turned the Chargers into a team that could run the ball, um, which they normally aren't aren't automatically. Um, and Pittsburgh obviously would want to run the ball. So that's the first thing to check. The second thing is that Travis Kelsey's in the COVID protocol now. Fair point. It didn't actually. Yeah, and Tyreek Hill is also. I was going to mention that. And yeah. Hill now, is if they're now. not playing, I don't know what Kansas City do. Um, because that's point, their yeah. offense. You know, how do you stop Kansas City? You take you take the top away from Tyreek Hill. That's the first thing you mm-hmm. do. And then, you know, okay, if Kelsey catches 10 passes for 100 yards, it's not going to kill you. Um, just to slightly interrupt you, Mike, uh, just the Chiefs actually have 14 players right now on the COVID right. list. They include so this, this is you know, a wait a and, this is a wait and see Absolutely, game. If the, yeah. Chiefs, if the Chiefs are healthy, um, I would take the over in this one. Um, and... If they're not, uh, you probably go under. But you know, see who's playing. This this could become an ugly game if they don't have those. They don't have those guys. 
Okay. Um, yeah, that that is one uh, we mentioned at the top of the show. Just keep an eye on things, obviously. Yeah, I mean, if if you're going to gamble, which is what this is all about, you know, 44 right now to me is really attractive if the Chiefs get those guys back. Yeah. And if they when they announce that they're coming back, then that's going to probably climb up a couple of points. You know, when if Kelsey is if Kelsey is confirmed, if Hill's yeah. confirmed, um, so you might just want to take a, a little flutter now on over 44. Um, while you know while it's still a question mark yeah got speculate to accumulate mike uh two games time for the big finish uh, monday the 27th of december at 121 in the morning yes you'll probably be up let's be honest it's christmas washington football team head to my dallas cowboys oops can i say my dallas cowboys in the minute? <sighs> seven to two about the washington football team the dallas cowboys are one to five 10.5 is the spread gents 47.5 as i've mentioned a couple of times dallas are the other team as well uh, that are right up there with the spreads they're 11 and three mike carlson um, they're heading for the playoffs. They should be good enough to beat the Washington Washington football team, but could they do it by eleven or more? Uh, yeah, I, I've I've I normally stay away from those kind of those kind of spreads because the one thing that burns you more often than anything is is a team taking its foot off the pedal. Um, you know, and those those fourth quarter backdoor covers are are really off are really awful. Um, but yes, um, again, to me, Garrett Gilbert at quarterback. Uh, Taylor Henneke, a quarterback, you know, doesn't really matter. Um, uh, in, ter- in terms of Washington, say you, you saw what happened last night. They, they, they basically held the run game down. They held the run game Gibson to, I think, 26 yards. Um, Gilbert was, was being game planned basically for mostly shorter passes. Uh, it was, it's not a formula for winning. It won't be a formula for winning in Dallas and Dallas can put lots of points on the board. Washington is still a good defensive team. It's going to be a bit harder for them, but you know, if, if there were any game I were going to, I would take, I would take, uh, the favor to cover a double digit spread. It would probably be this one. And John, I'll finish with you with the Miami Dolphins at the New Orleans Saints, seven to five about Miami. The New Orleans Saints are four to seven. Three points is the current uh, spread. And we're expecting a low scoring game. 38.5. Is, three points to uh, whom? Three points to the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I found that uh, when I was looking at the odds last night, I found that to be quite an interesting one. These are, you know, these are two teams with the basically the same. I think they have they're both seven and seven, aren't they? The similar yeah. records. Yeah. And uh, but you know how they've arrived at their at their records is very very different. This is a Dolphins team who are, let's be honest now, six in a row. That's as red hot as it gets in the NFL at the moment. But you know they're a team that's still kind of flying under the radar because of well, you know the Miami Dolphins and they're still seven and seven. So uh, but. I mean, the Saints will be buoyed a little bit by their shutout win last weekend against Tampa Bay, but that was a weird game and they still only scored nine points. So what can you really take from that? Uh, Like I said, Dolphins have won six straight and I think they're going to keep this hot streak going. It's easier said than done going into New Orleans and getting a win. Um, But listen, this isn't the same Saints team that we've seen for the last few years. They're, you know, they're kind of a poor team, if I'm allowed to say it. They've got some great players here. You're allowed to say what you want, John. They're kind of, of, they've got, they do have some fantastic players. um, But I think Miami Dolphins are a better team, a better unit at the moment. Um, But let's see. I mean, this is the game to see if if Miami are legit. This is the sort of gut check game where they're going to prove it. You know, if they're going to be, if they are going to make that late run into the postseason, you'd kind of have to go to places like this and get a, get a good win, you know, to build off. Um, 
but at the same yeah you mentioned at the top here and i think the uh have 38 and a half is about as low as i've ever seen for a, an over under is there any, does anyone remember any any lower ones than that over the years yeah but i yeah. don't remember what they were yeah, yeah. i've actually seen 32 <laughs> 32 um, really? 32 is the lowest i've ever seen and i think it was for uh, it was for a really poor game a couple of years ago it might have been something like broncos jacksonville when they were both kind of crap right, okay they I both see. are kind of crap still, yeah, still. Hey, screw you broncos <laughs> i think uh so i mean maybe this is just because you know you never it's so rare to see an over under beginning with the the number three in, in this league at the moment uh but i think i like the uh the over in this so the 38 and a half is achievable um you know again i think that is slightly influenced by the fact that new orleans only put nine points on the board last weekend but they are playing the super bowl champions you know, the Dolphins have shown themselves capable of putting up some decent scores. And Tua Tunga Bailoa has been playing pretty well lately. I think you mentioned that last weekend, Kieran. You've been impressed with him lately. Um, so, yeah, I think the over. I'm, I'm happy with the over 38 and a half in this one. Yeah, that's a 21-17 game, basically. Yeah. Um, which is not unreasonable for this one, but but might even, might even be flattering. Um, I'm going to have to really think on this because the Saints getting three points at home is very, very tempting, that's even with true. Taysom Hill at tailback. Uh, oh, quarterback, sorry. That's what it is. Um, and um, I'm not, I'm, I'm, Miami's a funny team. They, 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 they can turn it on in, in bursts. And defensively, they've come, they've come along really well. And Flores, I think, will, will have a decent game plan to stop them. Um, but I, I'm actually tempted by the under in this. Really, I don't think I'll take it in the end, but it's te- it's it's very tempting. Ooh, interesting. Okay, that rounds us all, all up. Uh, oh, but Mike, you, you're going for the Saints, though. Is that uh, is that as well? I think just, so. Just yeah. Round it off. Yeah. Excellent. Um, well, a reminder over Christmas, of course, so much sport on. Bet twenty pound worth of multiples or bet builders on the NFL and get a five pound free bet. And that, of course, applies on football, etc. See the sports book for all the details. But so much racing, so much football. The Ashes is on. You can listen to Cricket Only Better, one of our our, 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 our brothers in arms of the podcast as well. I hear it's not going England, very well. England don't, qual- England don't qualify for Only Better. Uh, I actually, uh, I mean, I listened to most of the shows, but I, I have missed out on a couple of the Cricket Only Betters recently. And I, and I, I legitimately asked our, our team, um, how was the Ashes going uh, maybe a day or two ago? And, and the answers I got back were, were were not very nice, to be honest. They seemed to think that I was slagging them and I was merely <laughs> checking in to see how things were going. But yeah, there's going to be plenty of specials on the sports book for lots of sports uh, over Christmas. Of course, huge time of the year, as I mentioned, horse racing, football, cricket, NFL, NBA, all there uh, cracking a bet 20 pound word of multiple surf bet builders in the NFL get a five pound free bet you can do that Christmas Eve you can do it Christmas Day you can do it on the 26th uh, you can do it on the 27th you can do it even do it on the 28th um uh, it also gives me an opportunity just uh, to wish you all a Merry Christmas to all our listeners I'm sure John and Mike would do the same uh, really hopefully you enjoyed the day keep safe and uh, of course we're back on the 29th as well so merry christmas guys yeah yeah merry christmas merry yeah, christmas yeah, everybody merry christmas now you let's get to the more important part which is uh, our best bets uh, because that is the did you think i was finishing the show there mike yeah yeah no, sure no, sounded no. like it no no <laughs> no no no, no 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 <laughs> i was just putting in the merry christmas bit at the start because i've got a feeling that a lot of people listen for our best bets and then turn off so they miss my goodbyes <laughs> um, uh, so what are we going to do uh, well uh, well i was a winner as usual 
so I'm going to go, and and this is this is a controversial one. I'm going to go Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Tom Brady coming off uh, being shut out for the first time in his career, Mike. I believe first time in his career. No, um, he was no, shut out. He was shut career. out first by the Dolphins. Yeah, first oh, shut out by the Dolphins back in 2006, I think it was. Yeah, I think it's 250. Yeah, it's a lot. Look, he it's doesn't get time. shut out. It's a long yeah. time. Yeah, I. Bounce back ability of Brady is pretty well known. Uh, they head to uh, the Carolina Panthers, who obviously are coming off a huge victory and probably spent the whole week celebrating. Um, look, they're the Super Bowl champions. They've just got punched in the face. What do you do when you get punched in the face? You get back up and you absolutely smash someone. I th- I think the books are going to, you know, I think they're going to give Carolina a bit of a a bit of a, a doing um, at the weekend. Sorry, did Carolina win at the weekend? I think I'm wrong there. No, no. No, 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 no. no they got I think the books are going to smash the they Carolina were ter- They were terrible. They were terrible <laughs> at the weekend. In fact, that, that brought out my, my commentary of the week. Jonathan Vilma, who's the new Emmett Smith as a TV commentator, they ran this terrible RPO with Cam Newton for forgetting to fake the handoff on the RPO or offer the handoff and then threw behind Robbie Anderson, who was waiting for the ball on the line of scrimmage. And Jonathan Vilma said, Robbie Anderson, do not what he does. <laughs> I did actually see that did go around Twitter, that, that throw that that was there. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. look, I, I just think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they've it's been flying. Call. They've got, they've got hit. As I said, they've got a punch on the nose. Ouch, you know, Brady coming in. Uh, we'll go to you, Mike. Who you got? Um, can I ask you quickly, um, actually the most meaningful game that we didn't talk about, Baltimore at Cincinnati. Um, what's the line on that? Uh, 2.5. Cincinnati Bengals are favorites by two and a half points. And the over-under? Is a 44.5. And the Rams at Minnesota. What am I, your secretary? Yeah. Uh, the Rams at Minnesota, LA Rams. Uh, so uh, the Rams are favorites by three points and the over-under is 49.5. 49.5. Okay. I'm going to go under. My best bet's going to be under Minnesota Rams under 49.5. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah well, 50 points. I mean, we haven't seen that too often. Um, Remember, that's season. a dome stadium. You're a dome stadium. John Buff, <laughs> last one. Um, I'm maybe I'm just too influenced by the um, the 38 and a half Dolphin Saints uh, over under this one, but I'm going to make that my best bet this weekend. I'm going to go over in the uh, Dolphin Saints game. I think that's a, an achievable target. Excellent. And that is us. A reminder to all our listeners to please do gamble responsibly. I know there's a lot on over Christmas. I know it can be very exciting, but please do gamble responsibly uh, over Christmas and every single week. Uh, and again, thank you for listening. Uh, our show next week will be at the usual time. Nothing stops us, including Christmas. Uh, Wednesday morning, we will be back looking at all the games taking place, of course, the weekend. And maybe we'll even have a few New Year's wishes as we close out the year. Gentlemen, I hope Santa comes. Uh, John, he'll probably come to you. Mike, you might be a little bit old for Santa. <laughs> might be a little bit old for Santa to come down that chimney. But uh, I hope he does anyway. Um, um, enjoy Christmas. Have a wonderful time. Thank you so much for listening. We're back next week on NFL. Only better, but bye for now. Say bye, gents. Bye, bye gents. gents. Classic, classic comedy. <laughs>